Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is the audio version of our live Sunday morning gathering. To view our live Sunday morning gathering, go to pcctoday.com. Awesome. Cool, cool. Isn't that cool? Man, thank you so much, everybody. Well, are you excited to jump back into Romans this morning? Yes. By the way, if you're new at Portland Christian Center, welcome. I met some people here for their first time. Isn't that great? I always say August is a great time to be in the house, Lord, not just because there's great air conditioning, but there is. Let's be honest, but because God's on the move. Amen. Amen. So we're in Romans chapter 13. We are almost through the book of Romans. Can you believe that? Pretty cool. So today we have Greg and Naomi Inman, and they're going to read through the word today for us. So would you stand with us? I know you just sat down, got comfortable. Don't worry. We grow through discomfort, right? So we're going to stand and we're going to honor the word of God this morning. Amen. So go ahead, Naomi. Thank you so much. Yeah. Romans 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. For those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Amen. So good. Thank you, Greg and Naomi. Go ahead and stay, stay standing. We're going to pray. Father, thank you for your word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray that it would penetrate our hearts. And I ask God that as we explore your word this morning, that we would encounter you, Jesus. 
Thank you that it is you that saves us. It's you that transforms us. And I pray that every word and the testimony that's going to happen here in a moment would all point us back to you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Go ahead and find a seat. So glad that you're here this morning. And uh, man, I just love hearing the word of God read. What's great about this series is by the end, if you stay with us and maybe you can go back and check uh, online and look at the different speakers and things, you will have heard the entire book of Romans read to you. And for some people, maybe that's the very first time you'll have actually ever read through the book of Romans. And so that's why we do it that way so you can hear it. And then I'm going to talk about some different things. Um, But I just think it's so important, no matter how young or old we are, that we hear the word of God. And, and why is that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you're like me, I can go through life and I need to hear the word of God so that my faith can be strengthened. I can be encouraged and I can be built up so that I can live my life the way God has called me to live. That's why I love what God's doing in our youth and our students, because they were just at a weekend at camp and we even had powwow. They were all hearing the word of God. Isn't that incredible? Why is that so good? Because their faith is being strengthened. They're being built up and we are a generous church. I want to say thank you, Portland Christian Center, for your generosity. We are a generous church, and uh, I just believe that every student that went was because God had a plan and a purpose for them. You know, going to camps was something that I used to do, especially growing up. I grew up going to church camp. By the way, who, who got, went to church camp growing up? Oh, man, we have a lot of you. All right, all right. And, uh, man, I love church camp. But one of the things that's, that's fun about church camp is there's always maybe one or two kids that have a hard time following the rules. Could be a pastor's kid. Could be a deacon's kid, a missionary's kid, someone who should know the rules, that has a tendency to play by their own rules. Now, I'm not looking for any hands if that was you. But I remember this one time there was... They were at a camp and there were these two ladies up there and they're, they're trying to have fun and run the camp and, and it was going pretty well. And they tried to play this game where you had to follow the leader by clapping. Have you ever played this? So they would clap a rhythm and everybody else was supposed to follow. Let's see if you can do that with me. You ready? I'm going to clap and see if you can do what I do. You ready? Here we go. You got to put your pens down. Some of you are like, well, I got to stretch. Hold on. Don't want to pull a finger muscle here. All right, here we go. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, some of you are really focused. Wait, what's, what's going to happen? No, the, the prizes will be given afterwards. Just see Jason. Okay, here we go. All right. See Pastor Jason. All right, you ready? Follow me. Here we go. Uh-oh. All right, let's try that again. I will clap and then you repeat the clap, okay? Wow. Okay. That was exactly what was happening in summer. Is this summer camp? All right, let's try that again. I will clap, and then you will repeat the rhythm back to me. Are we ready? Are we in on this one now? Whoo! Do we need to stretch again? Okay, here we go. Let's try that. Here we go. Okay, did you hear that? There's somebody that always does it afterwards. Okay, 
Let's try that again. You ready? Let's follow me. And not just the amount of claps I do with me. You ready? Here we go. See? See? Every time. Every time. Okay. Now watch this. I'm going to clap once. You clap once at the exact same time. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Okay, see, that's what happens. Okay. It's a challenge. And here's the truth. Following the leader is not easy. There is something inside of all of us that wants to say, I'm in charge. I can do what I want to do. Follow me. I know which way to go. I can clap any way I want. And this one camp, there was a kid, and yes, he was a pastor's kid. No, it wasn't me. I know some were like, I bet it was you. No, it wasn't me. And he would purposefully clap at the wrong times. And these poor ladies were trying to figure out who it was. And I think he would move or something and do it just at the right time. And it drove them crazy. And you know, the more angry these ladies got, the more enjoyment this person had. <laughs> but it's true when it comes to life, when it comes to business, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to finances, oftentimes we are educated way more than our obedience manifests. We know way more than what we actually do. You see, what we have to remember is when Jesus called the disciples and he went and he picked them out, they were fishing. They're hanging out. Now, that was the first three. There's other times, let's just focus on the first three. They're sitting there fishing with their dad. They're having a good time. And he shows up and he says, hey, come with me. We're going to go memorize the Torah together. Did he say that? Hey, come with me. We're going to go to youth camp. Hey, come with me. We're going to go. Um, we're going to go clean up the streets. Hey, come with me. We're going to take out all the Jewish leaders. Hey, we're going to take down Rome. No, what does he say? Follow me. And then he says, and what does he say? Remember, I'll make you fishers of men. But what the, it's so fascinating. What are the very first two things he says? Just simple. Follow me. Is there anything harder than that? Just follow me. Have you ever been like just driving and there's a car full of people and there's somebody that wants to tell you the way to go? And there's just something inside you that says, now don't nudge your spouse. I saw some elbows going on, all right? There's just something inside of us that wants to be in charge. That wants to say, no, no, Jesus, you are, you are a pretty cool guy. You're awesome. I agree with your teaching. And, and I'm pretty cool too. So why don't you just fit into my life? We don't say it that way, but many people live that way, that way don't they? You see, what the Apostle Paul does today is something that is really, really hard for Christians to follow. And he says, 
Honor the authorities in your life. What? Have you not seen the credentials of the authorities in our lives? Have you not seen what's happening? God, why would you want me to obey what you put in my life? You see, today I want you, don't think about other people when I'm preaching this sermon. I want you to actually look in the mirror and say, Holy Spirit, is there something that you have for me? Because as I'm following Jesus, he's going to ask me to change some things about my life. Following Jesus means, oh, I'm laying down my life. I'm actually going to do what he wants to do. If he's going to clap twice, I'm going to clap twice. <laughs> I told you there's always one. There's always one. So the big idea this morning is really simple, and I hope you remember it. It's just this. Follow me. Follow me. Sometimes the hardest things to do in life are the most simple. Just follow Jesus. Follow me. And he, Paul, when he writes this, he's writing to a church in Rome that is under the Roman leadership. And at this time, it's a pagan government and as at very best, just kind of unfriendly, but at worst, they were actually hostile towards Christians. How can Paul say, honor the authorities in your life when they're going against it? Can anybody relate to this, by the way? How can I obey rulers and authorities in my life if they're not doing what I think they should be doing? And so we're going to go to first, the first uh, point today. The number one thing that I want, uh, there's three things, but number one that I want you to write down. When you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, the first thing that's going to change is authority. And some of us are like, man, I should have stayed home today. Authority? What, what, what do you mean by that? It means that when you, sur we got to make sure we say this. When you say you're a Christian, that means that you have laid down your life and now Christ is in you, you're in him and you're gonna follow him. No matter how great of an opinion you have or how wise you may think you are, your job is to figure out what Jesus is saying, where he's going and just do that. Why is that so hard? That's why. We wanna do our own thing. Number one, Paul shows us that when you follow Jesus, the way you view authority will change. Number one, here's what it says. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Did you catch that? So if you're rejecting the authorities in your life, who established that authority? I think we're connecting the dots. The authorities that exist have been established by who? Let's say it all loud together. One, two, three. God. And I think it, it's really important that we ask the question, how could Paul say such a thing? How could he say such a thing? Because if you were to look at Paul's life, where is he writing this from? Prison. If you're in prison, that means you broke a law. And what is he saying? Honor the authorities. Anybody else see the problem here? Like, Paul, you're saying... Obey the authorities, but hello, you're in prison. 
right? And it, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem to add up. But then we have to ask the question, why is Paul in prison? And we know why he's in prison. It's for preaching the gospel. It's for sharing the good news. And what we have to understand is since governments have authority from God, we are bound to obey them unless, hello, they order us to do something in contradiction to God's law. And right there is the struggle. Because whether you know it or not, persecution is happening all over the world. We live in America and people are like, man, it's so hard. But then if you start reading and looking on the internet and finding out about churches that are underground, because if they step foot and say anything about Christ, they're dead. Persecution is actually happening everywhere. America, we struggle with, they made me move my fence. I planted it here and it's not had to be here. The tax codes are outrageous. Outrageous. I found myself complaining about that this week. And we whine and we complain. But what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to speak life. We're supposed to vote. Uh-oh, we're supposed to pay taxes. Didn't Paul just say that? The word I want you to write down is you're supposed to occupy until the Lord returns. Occupy. What, what does occupy mean? It means that you are to make a difference with everything that God has entrusted you with. If you're a businessman, do business for Jesus. Right? Whatever God puts the gifts and talents in your life, you're to do that unto the glory of God. Now, when Paul's writing this, I couldn't help but see a really cool parallel because he's saying if, there, if, you, owe, if you owe taxes, if you have things you got to do, pay them. Do it. Do what's right. And if you remember, there was a story when Jesus was approached by some Pharisees and the leaders and they said, hey, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? And this is what Jesus said. In Mark 12, 17, then Jesus said to them, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And they were what? Amazed at him. What is Jesus saying there? Paul's echoing it, but what is Jesus really saying? That you actually have something to give. Did you know that? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and then give what? To God what is God's. This, this helps us understand this passage. I hope you catch it. I hope I'm explaining it well. You are to give Caesar taxes. You are to pay and do everything you can to make the city better. You are to occupy until Jesus comes. But this world is not our home. We do everything we can to live at peace with everyone, as said earlier in Romans. But what belongs to God? My life. Everything. My obedience. My ability to follow him. If he says pay taxes, I'm going to pay taxes. If he says obey, I don't want to obey. I'm going to obey. If he says clap twice, some of us are, we're going to get it, guys. We're going to get it. We're going to do it. I know it. Why? 
Because it's just as Paul said, it is I that no longer lives, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. Without him, I can do nothing. One of the greatest adventures and challenges of your life will to be this. God, I'm your servant. I'm gonna do what you called me to do. I want money, fame, and riches. And Jesus say, lay your life down and you'll find everything that you're looking for. I'll never forget we had a family friend pass away and uh, he had houses and some estate and lots of things that the family was getting ready to divide up amongst everybody. And when it came time, he'd passed away and the lawyers and everything got together and getting ready to distribute all the estate, quite a bit of money. None of it went to the family. He had not paid taxes for over 20 years. All of it was gone. Everybody thought he was somebody that was honoring God, living aboard board, tithing. Turns out he was living a double life. And it wasn't until his death that everything come out. And what we have to realize is that our lives tell a story, don't they? Who are you following? Is it you? And, and don't we just rationalize it? Don't we think, oh, you know, I can get away. Uh, you know, I, I did good over here so I can get away. And God's saying, are you following me? Or are you following you? Jesus made it really clear in the gospel. He says, choose this day whom you will serve. Some of you here need to, need to hear me today. There's a war for your soul and you need to choose who you're going to serve. It's really simple and it will be the greatest decision of your life. And it's two words. Follow me. Turn to your neighbor and say, follow Jesus. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you too. Maybe say it nicer than I said it. You too. The second thing that will transform when you follow Jesus, when you follow him, is you're going to love differently. Number two, you're going to love differently. Love your neighbor as yourself. Woo! That's a whole series right there. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus says, follow me and I will show you how to love your neighbor in the best way. This, in two weeks, we're going to do something pretty cool. We're going to love our neighbors. Who's your neighbor? Those that are in proximity to you. Did you know that there are thousands of people right around our church? And if the numbers and statistics are right, many of them don't know Jesus. Do we all know that and agree with that? Shouldn't that bother us? Shouldn't that make us pray differently? If Jesus said, come and follow me, I will make you fishers of men, we have a whole sea of fish right around us. So what do we do? We pray for our neighbors. And one of the best things that we're going to do is we're going to baptize people in front of them in public 
And we have people already signing up to get baptized. It's amazing. Why? Because baptism is a public declaration of your faith saying, I'm following Jesus. He's leading the train, not me. And when other people see that, when other people see the love that you have, it's so different than the rest of the world. It's not self-serving. It's not to get yourself ahead of anybody else. It's simply to say this, Jesus changed my life. Now I can love you. That's why we can love your enemies. The Bible says, love your enemies. What? How? Because he loved us first and gave himself away for us. Love is one of the most amazing things that will change in your life. Because following Jesus is not easy, is it? Oh, it's a trade-up and everything else the world will offer you. But it means dying to self. It's the greatest life you'll ever have. But he will call you to do things that you're not comfortable with. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking to a lady and she was sharing with me her testimony. And I said, you need to share your testimony in front of the church. And the poor lady looked at me. I thought she was going to pass out. (laughs) Whoa, I don't know, but I'll do whatever. And she came back and she said, you know what? If God wants me to do that, I need to obey because that's what love does, right? So would you welcome Joyce up to the stage? She's got a testament. Come on over here. Come on. Grab your hand. You're doing great. Good deal. Yes, you are. You're good. Now, you don't know that. You're amazing. (laughs) Do you think that they'll clap with us? This is family. It is family. Some of these people were in my kindergarten class. What? How cool is that? That is cool. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Well, we were talking, and by the way, we love Joyce, don't we? Isn't she awesome? I love you too. Yes. And you came to me and you told me that the doctors had given you a diagnosis. What was that diagnosis? Cancer. Cancer. And where was the cancer? In my eye. In your eye. And and when was this, by the way, the diagnosis? Um, Yeah. (laughs) First of all, don't tell him anything. This is what he will do. <laughs> Be warned. Be warned. So, <sighs> March was the diagnosis of um, uh, dry eye, and that doctor sent me to a specialist, um, Dr. Straco, and he said, um, you have cancer in your eye. And I was calm. I, I can't even tell you. Mm. The peace that passes all understanding. Come on. And by the way, the only reason I'm doing this is because Jesus said so. That's right. You're following Jesus. 1 Peter 3.15. Be ready to give an account for the hope that is in you. Come on. Use those Bible verses, you guys. God wants you to be obedient. Yes, I'm nervous. (laughs) But you're crushing it. Yeah, doctor said cancer. And I said, okay, what do I need to do? Can I get an appointment? This is in in, uh, May. Can I get an appointment like in August? And he just looked at me and said, you're not real aware of what's going on in the hospitals with the shortage right now, are you? He said, we're looking at September, October. Mm. Now, Kay is our scheduler. She will call you if there's a cancellation. Yeah. August 3rd. Come on. So did you catch that? August yeah. 3rd, yeah. not September, October. So, so real quick, the reason that's yeah. so important is the longer you, we all kind of know this, the longer you wait, mm-hmm. the more dangerous 
and the an opportunity for oh, yeah. cancer to grow. Absolutely. And so you were praying for September, October, and God gave you August 3rd yes. to get you in. Yes. And that's amazing. Um, the surgery went really well. I went to the doctor the following day. He said, number one, we got it. We got it early. And as far as we can tell, you're good to go, but you're going to do drops for a while in your eye and get it to the point where it's healing itself. Yeah. Okay. No, no. I, you know, I'm looking and going, no, God's going to do that. That's God's work. But it was doctors in this situation, so it was an answered prayer. Um, I'm careful because when people have cancer and all of a sudden they go to the doctor and it's all better, that's a miracle. Yeah. But this was God's directing for an answered prayer. Um, I'm grateful beyond belief, and um, I'm just a Philippians person. Rejoice and rejoice and rejoice and rejoice in, in Jesus' answer. Amen. But I think um, that peace was so encompassing that I never had a moment when I went, um, are you really in this, God? Because I could just feel his comforting. It was unbelievable to me. Yeah. And whatever he has for me, I guess I'm supposed to do it for a while. <laughs> You're following Jesus. I'm following Jesus. Come on. So as... At part of your testimony that I did, sorry, I didn't warn you about this part, Okay. but that's the danger of following. I know. Right. I know. I'm ready. Yeah, ready. <laughs> Is there are people in this room that are facing some things that you've lost your peace and God gave you supernatural peace. And if you're here this morning and you need the peace of God, the Bible says the peace of God that transcends our understanding. So if you're here this morning and you lost your peace and you need it, would you raise your hand? And we're just going to pray for you right where you're seated. All we ask you to raise your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else lose their peace? They need some peace from the Holy Spirit. Would you pray just for people that have the peace Can of God? Can I say this real quick? Absolutely. I'm their arms going to get tired. Two though. bracelets. One says, Soli Deo Gloria, all glory to God. And the other one was my hospital bracelet. Thank you for answering prayer. Amen. Yes, for Come sure. On. Absolutely. That's so good. Okay. All right. Raise your hand if you need some peace. Raise your hand. The ones that didn't raise your hand. We're going to pray for peace in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Father God, we are so grateful to you for all that you do, whether I see it or I don't see it, or we know we just trust. Yeah. And that's where faith comes in. Thank you for faith and thank you for our salvation. Father, there are people in the room who are struggling with peace. I just ask you, because you're God, can you just help them understand the peace that you give and help them sense that you're right there to take care of whatever's going on. You'll walk them through it. Yes, you'll help them. You love us. You care for us. And answered prayers that are shared are so important to keep us connected to you. So we thank you for answered prayer. Thank you, Pastor Nate, for making me do this. I love you, and God loves you. He does care about your anxiety. Yes. He talks about it all through the Bible. Be anxious for nothing, over and over. So I'm praying, Father, give them peace, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, Joyce. Good job. That was so good. Come on. Didn't she do good? Take me down. All right, I'm coming with you. All right, you did so good. We'll take you down. 
so, so, yeah, so, <laughs> oh my goodness, that was awesome. Good job, Joyce. When you look at that, loving people looks so different, doesn't it? For every person. But following Jesus means that you're willing to take a risk. Obey, even if it's not comfortable. Maybe you've been at this church for a long time and you've served in different capacities, but you're, you're kind of like, God, where, where can I serve today? I want to encourage you. There are so many opportunities to serve the body of Christ. You are not meant to just sit and wait for Jesus to come. You're meant to serve. And if you're like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to serve. Okay, neighborhood picnic. There are so many opportunities to serve. All you got to do is go to the hub, sign up, or on the connect card to say, put me anywhere. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. I'm not going to sing the song. Don't worry. Because when you follow Jesus, things change. You see authority different because it's God's authority. You love different because he loved you first. And the last thing that happens, this is going to sound a little different at first. If you're taking notes, I wrote down the word clothing. When you follow Jesus, your clothing changes. You're like, what are you talking about, Pastor Nate? Don't worry, it's in the Bible. Romans 13, 12 to 14, we actually read it. It says, the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. What in the world is the armor of light? Hold on, keep reading. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissensions and jealousy. Here it is. You ready? Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Did you catch that? Did you know that Jesus is your armor of light? Have you ever seen that before? How cool is that? In a dark world that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy you, you can put on Christ who is your armor of light. And if you're wondering what all those pieces look like, read Ephesians 6. Why? Because it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood enemies, but against what? Principalities. And rulers of this dark age, there's a spiritual realm trying to, to kill and destroy you, your family, Portland. But we can put on the armor of light. Some of you, I'm getting more excited than some of you are showing me. We can put on the armor of light. Why is that so important? Because God doesn't want you just to survive your life. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to be strong following him. Once you get into following Jesus and the more you surrender, the more strong and strength you have. Why? Because it's Christ in me, the hope of glory, not me. It's him. People are like, why are you so loving? It's Jesus. Why are you happy when you pay your taxes? Because Jesus showed me I'm actually paying God. I'm giving to him. Is it fair? I don't know. I don't think so, but I'm going to do it with a smile. Somebody's like, are you sure? <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. 
your clothing must change. So what are we supposed to do? It said to put things away, to let us, it says, it says rather um, clothe yourselves. But what does it say? Set aside some things. What are we supposed to set aside? This is pretty important. Did you know that you have to put some things away in your life? Carousing, drunkenness, sexual immorality, debauchery, dissensions, jealousy. There's a Greek word there, apotothemai. It means to, pl- to place aside to another location. So some of us, don't worry, this is the only thing I'm taking off right now. I'm like, whoa, Pastor Nate, hold on. So I want you to hear this. Some of you have been wearing clothing that the world has issued you. And we believe the lie that certain behaviors are things that you can cover and hold on to and still follow God. And I hear it a lot with other people say, well, where's the line? Have you heard someone ask that question? Where's the line? How close can I get to it? And what God is saying through Paul and Romans is that you're actually, oh, thank you, Jessica. You are to set aside this and be clothed with Christ. He has something new for you to wear. He has something new for you. But you know what's going to require you to do? Give some things up. Set some things aside. As I'm talking, the Holy Spirit, I can see is starting to speak to you. I'm like, oh no, he's not going there. I don't want to put that away. I have friends. I have people. I have businesses. I have jobs. I have things that, man, if you only knew. Oh, but, but you know what? I come to church. I, I do some good things. It's going to be okay. And what ends up happening is your left foot is over here. Your right foot is over here. And you can't figure out why you have no strength in your life why there's no authority, why there's no courage, why there's no hope, there's no peace. Why? Because you're in the world and you're struggling, you're wrestling. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. Follow Jesus and everything will change. You'll see authority different. You'll see love different. And you will wear Christ everywhere you go so that you can love people that frankly are not lovable. Don't look over at your neighbor, okay? But, But don't we do this? Here's what we do. Jesus paid the ultimate penalty for you and for me. He died, right? Rose again so that you can have brand new life. And we have this jacket on or our clothing that the world has issued us. And it said some pretty crazy things, sexual immorality. Do we have that in this world? Drunkenness, debauchery, sinful behaviors. I mean, the list, we could find a long list if you want. Um, The truth is we kind of already know, don't we? And he's saying, you put those on. Those have been a part of you. Set those aside. Another verse, uh, that same word can be translated, cast off or throw away. But here's what so many people try to do. Jesus, I'm going to just let you fit in with me. Hold on. Hold on. I can make it work. I surrender all, I surrender all. Just let me keep my jacket and everything else I want to do. But I surrender to you. Don't I look great? 
If I was to walk through this church in the lobby wearing this, my wife would probably tackle me. But most would be like, Pastor Nate, what's wrong with you? And when we live with sin and drunkenness and brokenness, idolatry, disrespecting authority, and then we say, Jesus, come, I'm gonna follow you, but I'm gonna keep the rest of my life together. You know what ends up happening? You're torn. You wonder why there's no peace. You see, peace that passes understanding begins when we say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me while I was still a sinner. You see, salvation is the work of God that no man can do because it's all because of him. He saved you. So you're set free. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. It's not of yourself, it's a gift from God. That's salvation. That's done, that's sealed. But the next one is the one that Paul is saying, you need to have sanctification in your life. That means the more he shows you that needs to be thrown off, the more that you say, I'm gonna put this away. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna cast it off. Why? Because I have an armor of light. I have Jesus Christ in me. I am a new creation. The old man is gone. The new has come. Amen. So here's the question. Are you gonna follow Jesus? Be careful. Not just because I might have you share a testimony. But be careful because if you're gonna follow Jesus, he's gonna say, you gotta throw some things aside. Are you ready to throw them aside? You see, one of our core values at Portland Christian Center is that we would be a church that develops people. Developing people, what does that mean? It really means sanctification. Because our prayer and our purpose and our aim is that we would build big people in this church. People that are courageous and strong that will throw away the things that have entangled them and put on the armor of light. Why? Because you're about to go into the darkness. The world. But be of good cheer, the Bible says. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Would you bow your heads with me? And I just feel like the Holy Spirit's moving and he's stirring some hearts. If you're here this morning and you just be, met, be honest, say, Pastor Nate, Jesus said, follow me, but man, I've been following myself. The American dream, my dream, my parents' dream. But the truth is, I've not followed you. Nobody else would know. you're here this morning and you're like, man, Pastor Renee, there's some things I got to throw off. I got to cast off. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you that you would cast off the sin that's entangled you and put on Christ this morning. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you right where you're seated. Thank you. Lots of hands. 
There's some things you need to put away. Yeah, thank you. Lots of hands. Lots of hands. I see you in the balcony. Yes. I see you over there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. You put your hands down. The Bible says that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you confess. It's not enough just to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. There needs to be confession. There is power when you confess your sins to the Lord and you say, I've done this. And you're saying, I'm going to cast it off. Why? Because the Bible declares that there's power in confession. You're set free when you confess your sins. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you an opportunity to confess your sins to the Lord. And we're going to pray this prayer. And as we say it, you can say it to the Lord. So just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I confess these sins to you. For you, what is it? You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it. I confess drunkenness to you. I confess immorality to you. I confess not paying my taxes. I confess jealousy. I confess gossip. I confess being angry and sinning. I confess lying. I confess sexual immorality. And then repeat this after me. I say, Jesus, I'm gonna clothe my life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? We're gonna have the worship team play and for the next few minutes, we're gonna worship Jesus. And there's one more step of faith that I wanted to give you, and this is that. The Bible talks about confessing your sins to the Lord so that you would be set free. But it also says that if you confess your sins one to another, that you may be healed. Healed. And for some, that's a really scary thing. What, you want me to confess my sins? Absolutely. Why? Because it's one thing to say, oh, that was a cool illustration, Pastor Nate. I'm going to iron that later. But it's another thing to actually obey what Jesus said. Because some of us are like, man, I've been going around the same mountain over and over and over and I can't get free. When was the last time you confessed your sins one to another that you may be healed? You see, we repeat what we mistakenly do over and over because we've not exposed it to the light. We can repeat a prayer. That's beautiful, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. But if you want to cast off what's been holding you back, the word of God is very clear. Confess your sins to each other that you may be healed. So I'm going to have the pastors and prayer partners and deacons go ahead and come up to the front. And by the way, there's no shame or judgment. If you're like, man, I'm, if, you, if they come up, I, people are going to know. So what? 
I don't know about you, but I'd rather be healed than have everybody else know what my problem was any day of the week. Maybe I'm the only one, I don't know. There's no shame, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, amen? Before we do that, as the, as the prayer partners and teams coming up, getting ready to pray, and if you have things that you wanna confess, we'd love to pray with you. I just believe God has something for you today. I believe that with all my heart. Some of us have come with some heavy things. And I believe God's gonna do supernatural work in your life today. These prayer partners are here. We'd love to pray with you, but I just feel like the Lord is, there's something that I just can't get out of it. Last, this happened last week and one of them was, last week it was addiction. And did you know that somebody dropped off an e-cigarette and left it here last Sunday? How cool is that? So cool. But I just feel like the, the word of the Lord is just, man, I just can't, I can't shake it. I feel like I've got to be obedient in this. And the, the, the word is depression. Depression. That there's a spirit of depression that's trying to rule and destroy your life. And I believe that God can heal you. God can transform your mind. God can transform your life. So if you want prayer for depression, we'd love to pray with you. So confession and depression, anything else, we'd all love to pray with you. But let's pray together. So Jesus, I pray for your body as we worship you these next two songs. God, we just pray, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. If there's sin and brokenness in our lives, we cast them off. We confess our sins so that we may be healed. I pray that we would follow you. We would not allow pride to stop us. We would simply say, Jesus, I'm following you. I'm following you. I lay my life down because it's the best response I have for what you've done for me. You've laid your life down for me. So Father, today, as we respond to this message, Holy Spirit, may we have the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to follow you. Jesus' name, amen, amen. We'd love for you to respond while we worship. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com dot com.